Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, who, following the sad passing of Sir Sean Connery, is now the leading purveyor of machismo in the Northern Hemisphere. Dr. Luke Gledall, how are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. Uh, well, I, it's it's been a fun, it's been a nice week for me personally. So Wednesday, I defended my master's portfolio. So yeah, I know. I am Dr. Luke Little, but I'm Dr. Luke Little Emmet. Well, um, so there we go. Superb. I mean, once described as a man of letters, but it's it's more letters now, which is it's uh, more letters. Ah, um, But I also thought I'd do a nice, generous intro for you, Rich, because I I feel sometimes that it's it's sad that you don't get the intro. <laughs> so. Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Luke Ledl, and joining me as ever is a man who says, Mr. Chansiri, break up with your monk friend, I'm bored. <laughs> That's right, everybody. It's fa- everyone's favorite donut-licking diminutive pop princess, Wednesdayites, Richiana Grande Miller. How are you, <laughs> Oh, superb. Thank you for that. That's uh, What a treat to be compared to the uh, the petite poptress herself. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um yeah i mean it's we're we're gonna sort of hold off the inevitable for for a little while longer but uh we're, you know rest assured we will be talking about the game midweek we will be talking about the game this weekend uh but prior to that luke you've got a you've got a, a bit another uh missive from the network i believe yes it's another thrilling show from the folks at owls and prime it's the boys in The Boys, we join the world of flawed lower league superheroes from the Wednesday 2011-2012 season. Join Mego, Welsh Chris Evans, Weaves, Bucky, New Bartman, Good Jonesy, Good Semi, Prutz, Linesy, Cog, Treacle, JJ, Palms, Beeves, Big Gaz, Sedge, Bad Jonesy, Reader, Bad Semi, Fancy Boy Jonesy, Young Aaron, Mickey, Lowy, Change Man, Big Mig, New Jonesy, and who could forget the most ordinary of them all? Julian Bennett in this <laughs> thrilling universe. It'll make you say, We're greedy and we want more. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, I mean it's it's good to look back at those those uh Halcyon days now, you know? Mm. Um we can look at things with a slightly different lens. But I believe there's a lot of sort of political intrigue, um the pacing of a thriller. That's what I've that's what I've read in the reviews. Oh, yes. Would you go along definitely. with that? Oh, definitely, yes. <laughs> Oh well, okay. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna go for it. It's um... breaking hoo hoos. The only the only real bit. Of... Well, one is an absence of news. <laughs> we we haven't heard anything about the uh, the managerial position at Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, which I suppose some folks might have been hoping for. Uh, but you know, a precursor to that talk. We you, can we can we just take a take a take a, a kind of just take a brief moment, Rich. Can you can you hear what I'm hearing? It's oh. um, that's a thousand a thousand monkeys vying for the uh, vying on typewriters for the typing up their resumes for the Sheffield Wednesday management position. <laughs> oh dear, dear. Um, so we uh, we played local rivals, Rotherham, mm. the, uh, Millers. the Millers, and. 
I mean, I guess we must have been fatigued. It's a long, it's a long journey to New York, isn't it? So it is. It's a, it's a long, long way, and you just want to be a part of it. So even when you arrive, you you want to go out and see the the lights. You know, you can't you can't stay in the hotel room in, in when you're in the adjacent to New York. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed we couldn't SCL our defence for this. Oh, uh, lovely stuff! <clears throat> I don't even know if that's pronou- how it's pronounced. It's the most. It's the bizarrest name for a company. <laughs> and then you've also had them sponsor the stadium on top of that as well. Yes. Yeah. And they play, I think they played New York, New York as they walked off at the end of the game. They as do. Well, they do. That's something that's epic. something they've had from the beginning. Yeah. Of course they have. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so let's, uh, the initial, my initial thoughts on the lineup, we, we welcomed back Tom Lee's. Um, it felt like a more normal formation lineup. Um, nominally, people were much more suited to the positions they were playing in than maybe the, they were at, uh, the game before. Um, Harris playing on the left uh, as left wing back position, and uh, Adebayo going out to right wing back. Weirdly, we so Flint has been pretty much the only good thing about the last two games, the prior two games. Uh, in the middle of that back three, kind of saving everyone's backside, basically tidying things up, bringing pressure to bear where he needs to, and kind of being a reassuring presence around the other players that have been playing in that in that def- defensive sort of partnership. Um, but a typical kind of Gary Monk move. Tom Lee's comes in. He doesn't just replace Adebayo where you'd think, okay, so we've kind of improved the defense we had in the last game because Tom Lee's replaces Adebayo. That's a much better, you know, like for like swap. No, Tom Lee's comes into the middle of the three and Aiden Flint, who's been so good in the middle of the three goes out to the right. So you're adding as is a, a theme and has been a theme. You're adding more confusion and changes than you actually need. Um, on top of that. So that we, we Delhi Bashiru came in, uh, started in midfield. Um, and we, uh, we had a drone uh, affecting the the match as well. It's just kind mm-hmm. of one of the most notable things. Uh, that's a first, isn't it? Drone stops play. Yeah, but typical of Wednesday. Any break in play, any long pause for an injury, anything weird that happens, we are guaranteed to react worse than our opposition. And lo and behold, once we got back to playing, they pretty much instantly scored Rotherham. Uh, and that was was that prior to contextually was that prior to um, Flint pinging his hamstring? I think Flint went off after that. Yes, I think so as well. Yeah, seventeen minutes is when Flint went off. But it was it was Tom Lee's completely went to sleep. So their striker sort of broke through the middle of our defence, looking like he was going to be unchallenged. Dawson came out. He did a header last game, so he's obviously good at headers now. So he came out completely, got it wrong. Uh, ball goes over his head. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. This was the sorry. I'm I'm getting, I'm mixing up the errors. Sorry. This was just the one that got nodded over. He got lobbed on his line, didn't he, from three yards? Yes, that was the first one. Was Burner? First one. Uh, was Burner. Burner didn't sorry, challenge for sorry. the header, and also some of the worst positioning I think I've seen from a goalkeeper in Dawson. I don't. She was neither going for the ball nor on his line. The only, he was in the midst of that. The only goalkeeper I've seen lobbed on his line prior to this was Gallagher, uh, who joined us on loan 
for a brief stint a few years ago. And his excuse was, actually, it was quite hard for him to touch the ball. He was quite short for a goalkeeper. Dawson is massive. There's absolutely no reason he should ever be lopped on his line from three yards. It just looked like he couldn't be bothered. If he'd stuck his hands up, it would have saved it, probably. No, I don't. I don't think that. I think he was just. But I thought he was incredibly well. No, he was kind of, kind of. It was. It was the worst position you could be in, and I just. I don't get why he was there. Because he's not very good at being a goalkeeper. I know that. I know that, and it's. But you know, you know, during these times, um, people have the right to use, uh, identify themselves as many pronouns. Uh, (laughs) I'm just staggered that he uses the pronoun goalkeeper for himself. Yes. Anyway, we yeah we as you sort of alluded to, we then lost one of the few bright sparks of recent weeks, Aidan Flint. Um, and unfortunately, it looks like he's sort of it's going to be a, a a reasonably long stay on the sidelines because mm. it just looked like his hamstring went. He wasn't under a challenge or anything like that. It just was a you know he's an old enough, wise enough pro to know when something's gone, and he sat down and waited for treatment, and uh, that was the last part he played. Uh, Liam Palmer came in on the right side of that defensive three, which is actually a position he plays pretty well. And and that three of Palmer, Lees and Burner, we've had some joy from uh, in pre- in previous games. So nothing to necessarily be worried about it's, in and of itself. Yeah, it's not a bad combination. I, but that's the thing. I don't think any of the defensive combinations have been so awfully outlandish, you know? I suppose you're right, yeah. But still, um, that doesn't ever really have any bearing on individual errors, which... You know, this was a wash with this game. Oh yeah, yeah, howling individual errors, and that probably brings us on to the second goal of the game. Well, prior to that, they, they, they I mean, there was to just to give set a tone for just how high caliber this football match was. Uh, Jamal Blackman, the Rotherham goalkeeper, picked up his yellow card for time wasting in the twenty sixth minute. Yes. So you know, this is the these we are playing team that are i mean i don't want to you know we've been there but they are scrabbling fighting tooth and nail and we are playing them in such a kind of lackadaisical manner but they it's depressing because well it's depressing for many reasons but i think it's depressing because i would kind of expect all of these teams to win and and they come out and feel like they have the confidence to go at the game and have the commitment to go out and create a positive result and win the game so but then it's it's a bit like wow we did that we scored a goal against Sheffield Wednesday yeah I I still don't really understand it no so the se- the second was just a, a cacophony of individual errors and shambolic decision making um, mm. this was the one that was sort of going describing so there's a ball a, cl- a fairly good ball sort of dropped on the edge of our box <laughs> Lees has gone to sleep, so Dawson feels he has to come out. He's obviously buoyed up by the fact that he did do a header in the previous game, so he thinks he can do that again. Completely messes it up, and Tom Lees takes out his man. Uh, I think it was Ladapo um, that he he took out at that point. And actually, having watched his finishing in the rest of the game, he would have been much better just leaving him to it, because there was a very good chance he wouldn't have scored the open goal. Because that was well, I don't think he would have even got to the ball. Yeah, like it seemed a bit beyond him. I think he had a bit to do, 
by the time if you leave Ladapo to it and you leave him alone, he's got five yards to make, by which time he's got a tight angle to make up. Yeah. You know, if Dawson hadn't rushed off his line, then and that was just woeful. I don't know what he was thinking. That was, again, just his positioning was the absolute worst in that game. Yeah. But, you know, theory, in theory, then if Dawson just stayed on his line, hey, if Dawson stayed on his line for the both first two goals, yes. maybe we'd be talking about a different result. Or maybe we're just lost by less of a margin. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's be honest. There's, you know, but it would have been more positive than what happened. You know, if he's on his line, he could then actually kind of defend at that angle and kind of close down the space. Maybe Lees makes up the space as well. I don't know, Ladapo. Ladapo seems a strange character because he was, you know, he's a very, you know, he's a tall guy and, you know, strapping has got a lot of power to him. But he seems a bit kind of bumbling and a bit I think kind of tree-like limbs kind of slowly working. Yeah. I think strike, I mean, strikers like him abound in the lower leagues of English football. <laughs> no, but they're like everybody's kind I know. of, a kind I know. of, he's a bit quick, he's a bit strong, but he's not very good. Um, it's just. Do you think he's high pace? He's twenty pace, ten acceleration to counter off. Something, like, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It seems like he's got fast, but it takes him a while to get going. There's that feel to him. Yes. Yeah. You know. But even the, the, the thing is, the point is, and I know this is very much you know hindsight twenty twenty, and you react in the moment and things like that. But Tom Lees is as experienced a footballer as you can get. You know, he has. He has played hundreds and hundreds of football matches at this level. He has been our captain before. Obviously, you know, it's well documented he's not our captain, but he's at least spoken fairly positively in, you know, as to understanding why that's happened and wanting to sort of make the best of the situation. And what he does not need to do is make that whole situation worse by taking Ladapo out. Because that means we're 2-0 down and... Well, we'll give away the penalty and we lose a man. We're, we're 10 men that are 2-0 down. That's a much worse yeah. position to be in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, obviously they took the penalty, scored the penalty. Uh, and you're looking at the game thinking, well, maybe if we can get to half time, we'll have a team talk. We, they're not great, <laughs> Rotherham. Um, maybe we can kind of get ourselves together to at least have a go at it. But... We conceded again before half time, uh, and this was a classic Dawson assist. You know, have a shot, have any old pot shot from distance. If you get it on target, he will pass it out to you. Um, because I don't it's, know whether it's some childhood trauma you know, or something. He doesn't like going to the bushes to get the ball um, after training. You know, I don't know what it is, but he is allergic to putting it anywhere near safety after he saves a shot. Sure. And then I know uh, it's not just us. A lot of Wednesday fans have talked about flapping the ball out. I think either I've made this comment or someone else has made this comment about it's like watching someone who plays volleyball. You know, you you do that kind of assist where you, uh, you put your hands together and you, you raise the ball up using your arms. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's like he keeps it alive for the opposition. Um, it, it absolutely it's exactly that isn't it it's keeping it alive it's a weird thing it's like we went through a period of time when he was like going you know as he was like training or you know learning his uh earning his stripes as a goalkeeper we didn't we didn't like conceding corners so it was like anything 
anything but concede a corner. Just keep the ball away from going out and yeah, keeps it alive. It makes sure there's another chance. Makes sure there's another bite of the cherry for the opposition. I mean, it was a, it was he let in three. He was at, directly at fault for all three of them, and really was lucky that it wasn't four or five. Um, well, in the second half, he nearly fumbled in the fourth. And yes, I, I'm reading off note. I'm doing a lot of notes, you know, for this. That's but good, yeah. there's something I thought about which I haven't written down. So I'll try and see if I can wind this off from the echelons of my memory as I thought about the other day. It was like looking at it was like looking at some slow motion nature photography that we would see on David Attenborough of a big, cuddly, dumb but dangerous grizzly bear trying to catch a salmon with his paw. That's what it felt like. Do you remember that one? So the header came in and yes. he kind of haplessly juggled it over the bar. But it it had the tone of it had the tone of Dawson looking like, oh, I want to fumble this into my net. You know, that was my intention. It felt like he failed. It looked like, I, I don't get it. I don't get him as a goalkeeper. We live in a global recession. He's the luckiest man to still be employed on this planet. And for years and years now. And he's got a massive contract. Massive contract. It's, it's like, I, I made this talk about, I think I mentioned last year when he got the contract, it's like a second year of a presidency. It's like the second term of a presidency. It's like you get into year one of a presidency or whatever political kind of election, and then you're like, this guy's awful. How many more years have we got to put up with him? <laughs> and the answer is, is fucking three, four years. It's terrible. Like, why it's Why fast. could we save money by firing our goalkeeping coach? Because he's clearly not doing anything. <laughs> or could we just put Flavahan in that? Could we put Weaver in that? All these options. Feel better than sticking with what we've got. Could we give Lee Camp three packets of Haribo for him to come in? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't get it. It's just, it's such, we talked about how we'd really like to see a new goalkeeper at the club. But we're really hamstrung because we have three goalkeepers who are varying shades of not good enough. All on substan- either very substantial contracts for another year, or less money, but probably still probably more money than me and you earn, which is depressing. Oh, yeah. For yeah. three, four years. I, I was there thinking, oh, is Wildsmith out of contract at the end of it? No, no, because he signed that one under Carlos's reign, didn't he? For till wow. 2022. So we've got two more years of Wildsmith. Um, it's it's absolutely Dawson's crazy. 2024. Like, again, I'm already wondering, you know. Gary Monk's job's under position. Can he take Dawson with him? You know, and then and then I'm wondering again: Are we going to have the same repetition? Is Westwood going to come back when Monk is fired? I wonder about because that's the. I think that's where we've got to. Is I I genuinely felt last season that Westwood was dropped on merit. I thought he he performed so badly for again three or four games in a row uh, that. It was a, des- you know, he deserved, like Dawson to de- um, has had this weekend, he had performed badly enough to get replaced, which is quite a thing yeah. as a goalkeeper. Uh, which is astonishing, yeah. Um, but sorry. this is this weird thing I think I mentioned last year. Like, you know, I have a passing interest and I still know, I know slightly less than fuck all, but still very, very little about ice hockey. But, yeah. you know, it's like an interesting position that I've seen that situation with the Calgary Flames that we don't really know who our number one is because you know, who the starting goalkeeper. And then in hockey, goaltenders change quite a bit, you know? Yeah. 
and we had that thing of like and that's the thing so just to kind of i we still got stuff to talk about from rotherham but i just kind of jumped forward that it was look at the lineup and seeing wildsmith come in today i said it's probably deserved but it starts to worry me as someone who's anxious and probably right now pretty negative about sheffield wednesday but <laughs> i'm a little bit against just seeing that cycle of revolving poor goalkeepers yeah. i mean i was glad i didn't see have to see dawson again today but it's uh, Elton John might sing the Circle of Tosh. Um, <laughs> Hugh Gary Monk lifting Dawson on the cliff edge to thousands of angry Wednesdayites. It's I don't. Is there know anything in this, Luke? Another crap keeper, like in, instead of Akuna Matata. Another crap keeper, crap keeper on a different so. day. Another crap keeper. On me, on me and you, the we've got to play. On me and you, the Timon and Pumba of this affair. <laughs> Definitely. I've always thought of us as a Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I go on to another kind of mess that I've written? <laughs> go for uh, it. I had a good week with the, you know, my news on Wednesday. And then it was funny. I, I went out celebrating and I sat down and I wanted to kind of write something down. And I found myself getting this out and not feeling any better. There was no catharsis from this. You know, I, I feel on the show that we, we try, or at least I'll speak for myself and say I try to be as positive <laughs> as possible. Yeah, I don't know what weight my words have, so I've tried to bind to the vision from Monk for a new positive rebirth. But the honeymoon seems long gone at this point. I want Gary Monk to be a success. I want that for every player who turns out for this club. But I can't be a happy clapper who is expecting different things from players and manager managers who are habitual reoffenders. Cameron Dawson will not turn into a world-class goalkeeper. It feels a substantial leap, leap for him to be a competent championship goalkeeper. And as much as I've least enjoyed Monk's TED Talks, I started watching his post-match interview after Rotherham, and it made me stressed and angry, as it does <laughs> Luke watching some lying, incompetent politician. I had to turn it off. And I know we have different levels of how much Monk we want or enjoy, but that moment of, I don't want to hear your excuses. I've yeah. expected two responses, and they haven't come. We've just received, receded backwards after that Birmingham performance. Even Brentford. I just want him gone and someone to come in and work with his squad. It's not perfect, but I believe they're a damn sight better than what we're seeing. That's always the, the challenge. That's always the position you end up in, isn't it? Is whatever you think of the players, the squad, a good manager will, will, will be able to create something that is more than the sum of its parts. Exactly. A bad, a bad manager produces things that are less than the sum of their parts. Exactly. And I think undoubtedly we are we are in that second scenario with monk this squad for better or worse is much much better than they are playing um and you can only really point one way for that the the problems with that and why that's happening mm. <clears throat> um yeah no i t- i totally agree and obviously you know the, the game against wickham is just another it's another chapter to the same book. It's not. There's no change there. There's no difference there, really. Um, I mean, it, it's just. Inc- it's so depressing how there was this, uh, as you say, with the positivity. You want to believe as a, as a, as, a, as a fan. I, I, there are. I mean, I'm sure there are the odd. There's the odd person that has that weird contrarian mindset where they oddly like want people to fail who play for Sheffield Wednesday want people to lose because it kind of proves their point but I think they are a tiny tiny percentage I think more often than not people are of the of the, the opinion and and the and the hope that things will be good will turn a corner so you wanted to believe all this positive talk we're getting you know we've got rid of some of the 
harmful influences in the dressing room. We've got people that want to be here. I've got my team around me. All those good sort of noises. And it felt positive for like a week. And yeah. now we have slowly sunk back. And actually now it's, it's a rapid descent into this is where we were uh, post-lockdown. And it was a bad, bad place to be. Um, and you're that uh, once again at the Rotherham game at half time. The only question in your mind as a fan is not can we play better in the second half? Is how many are we going to concede? And yeah. that I have, I don't think I've ever felt that as a Wednesday fan prior to last season. And I felt it almost every game towards the end of last season. And it's we're there, we're there again. I mean, heaven help us if we play an actual good team the way we're playing at the moment, we'd be destroyed. I've got a number of silly things to come out with here, Rich. Please um, do. Does Monk watch The Simpsons and get surprised at Homer's antics every week? Is Monk, <laughs> surpri- is Monk surprised at the resulting smell when he farts? <laughs> and, you know, uh, so here's maybe a solution as well. You know, a frail team, there's no confidence or resilience. Um, you know, we need Monk gone. We need someone to come in and try to make something of this team, some lifting. Maybe our new manager career should be like the rotating guest hosts on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you know, musical guest, twin, oh, Paul <laughs> Pashley. <laughs> <laughs> they can do some bits. It'd be great. Well, um, you will, I, I don't know whether you will have experienced this, but weirdly, the um, the scoreboard uh, or the new, you know, the new mega screen that uh, we had we had uh, installed. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of list is like the manager today. Like it would change. <laughs> so, like it's the match day sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. And managing the Owls this week. <laughs> Mick McCarthy. Adele. Adele. <laughs> She's skinny now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And a, a more serious question. So it's interesting to watch. I don't know. I found myself doing the same. I can come on to this at the end of the Wickham game because I've made a comment. I made a comment. Which I went on Twitter and I saw other Wednesdays making. So, but anyway, I, I watched the game and at the end of it, you're having this, you know, there's this forlorn kind of Bill Murray 100 yard stare I'm coming out with watching at the screen in front of me to see, you know, to be like, A, what have I watched? And B, is there anything at the end that's going to make sense of what mm-hmm. i've seen and you know you, you notice that the players at the end do a little handshake and they all seem content and a little relieved and i wanted to ask i i wanted to ask you rich for your opinion on this after that game do you want them to be a be crushed or b have the resilience to get on with things they look like they weren't affected but yet you know they're a long way from playing with any hunger or belief or any attitude as well well i i, I think I was reading, you know, similarly sort of uh, dipping in and reading uh, bits and pieces of social media and in particular um, Al's talk. And there was comments after, as you sort of said, about being depressed by Monk's press conference. But mm. I do have a lot of sympathy for the like, well, what could he say? You know, what could, and similarly with the players, what could they do? We've just, this is, I mean, this is a record-breaking loss to a local rival that has always been... This is not a mean thing to say. It's just fact. Lesser than Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. This will be, this, I mean, this for them will be a historic 
they'll make t-shirts and stuff about the fact they beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-0. They're, and, firing, and they're firing up the DVD burner as we speak. You exactly. Know, it's been ongoing on overtime for the past, you know. These are, these are heady, heady days for Rotherham United. And I just don't know what you could, I, I suppose, you know, I don't know, sort of moaning and, I don't know, like crying and looking desperately upset would feel strange because it's their fault. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't know what's a good response. But I, I think probably you do want them to be relatively unaffected because the whole thing with sports is that there are, until the very end, there's other chances to turn things around. There's other chances to make a difference. Um, so but I don't I'd also like to what see them have some... looks like as you wander off a football pitch. Sure. But I want them to look determined <laughs> that they will not do that again. But yeah, sorry, go on. I'd like to see a little bit of sunkenness. You know, I'd like to see a little bit of like had them having a moment to kind of acknowledge that it was poor and it was depressing and it was bad. And and I don't yeah. want them to shame. Shame is a good thing. Shame is, well, shame is a thing that you want to exist in very briefly. You need, we need shame to remind ourselves that we did something wrong and we, we have the ability to prove. You don't need to stay in shame. Luke Gladall in defense of shame. Uh, yes. Uh, but, you know, we, I mean, in, in more recent, I mean, well, less recent times, but, um, you know, before that time, before I, I moved to Canada and before me and you you know, had season tickets. We remember that day when the Sheffield Wednesday away day at home to Yeovil. Mm. And that felt huge because the football was bad under Irvin and the players probably weren't motivated to go to the place and play the football that they could do. It was a poor manager. Well, they loved Irvin. That was the thing. And that you could see how sunken everybody was at the end of it. You remember Giles Coke kind of practically crying on the pitch because they let down their mate Al. And they've got him fired. Yes. Although, annoyingly, they didn't. It took a few more weeks. But yes. Sure. Sure. We were a little bit casual to pull the trigger on that one. And maybe that's uh, maybe that seems to be Sheffield Wednesday in the recent year as well. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I suppose like the thing is with a game like... Sorry. Um, with a game like midweek, it's done at half time. Like the ch- One, we are a team that does not come back from... We don't come back from 1-0 down. So... To we were never ever going to come back from three. Sure. Plus we were down to ten men. So I would have thought the kind of I don't know the kind of disappointment, sunken feeling would probably have been slumping off at half time. I, I don't know. The second half you just kind of get through it, and in a way they may well have thought, well, you know, they didn't score again, so that's a bit of a victory. I don't know that that's the case, but I, I don't want to sort of put words in their mouths, but. You know, there's that thing of win the second half or, you know, that sometimes comes out. So the fact they didn't lose the second half, they might have felt like, well, at least we kind of <laughs> stopped the rot in a way because it yeah. could have been four, five, six nil. We, we, this is a team that ha- that was with alarming regularity letting in four or five goals uh, towards the end of last season with this same goalkeeper and defence. So they might well have just felt like, well, that we sort of escaped with a modicum of pride. Mm-hmm. I hope not. Because they should be sick at that. That's it's awful. They were they would you know they were continuing a terrible run of form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of that. Like well, at least it wasn't cricket score. <coughs> Anything else from that game? Um, I do have a question for you, Rich. I do have a quiz question for you actually. Um, so after watching that game, Rich, uh, how many how many shots on target did we have? Um. 
Did we have two? Um, well, technically that's correct, but actually the real answer is actually it's a conspiracy for, uh, theory run by Joe Rogan and Alex Jones. <laughs> you know, I actually, remember the funny to. thing is, I actually, so there was, there was one, which was, uh, we played the ball in for Marriott, who chested it, ch- did a sliding chest into the goalkeeper. Oh, lovely. Um, the other one wasn't on the highlight reel, but we did get to see Kadeem Harris whose shooting boots went on midweek. He dragged the ball wide numerous times. I, I felt the chance that maybe could have done something in the game was after we were 1-0 down. Uh, we broke, the ball kind of bounced to Jack Marriott, who turned and swiveled and killed it wide. Yeah. That felt a big ask, but I think for a player of Marriott's quality, I thought he would, I thought he would get that on target myself. Maybe uh, let's put a pin in a player of Marriott's quality uh, because I think we'll come back to it again. Um, <laughs> do you think Harris has sold his shooting boots? He seems, I think so. Or he's misplaced so. them. He's lost so. them Maybe and he doesn't want to tell anybody. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Although it, it, he did put the ball in the back of the net uh, today. Uh, he did. Us. He did. And the, the best finish I've seen from him for quite a while. Yeah, and it was offside. Yeah, it was offside. Yeah, but quite clearly offside, unfortunately. But still, you know, positive. Oh, green shoots of recovery. <laughs> okay, so different gravy now with three hundred percent extra size. That's right, the same gravy taste, just with four hundred percent extra saltiness. Mmm, you can really taste the monk. <laughs> Oh, should we talk about today's game? Yeah, I think. So a, a bright a bright um, team sheet to receive, given that we have uh, the uh, reanimated corpse of Joost van Aken uh, suspended for three games, and the uh, sulky former captain, Tom Lees, uh, suspended for a single game, and the um, sl- vaguely positive Aidan Flint, now injured for a period of time. Lovely to see Dominic Iorfa come back. And he took his position in the middle of that uh, three at the back. Uh, then the extra tweaks were we had Reach on the left, we had Harris on the right, and Windass was kind of playing a roaming number 10-ish type role. Um, bit of midfield, bit of attack, but but trying to sort of roam around and knit things together. Uh, well, so what did you? What was your sort of thinking when when you saw the the team for today? And obviously, Wildsmith came in for Dawson. That was the big headline news. Exactly. Uh, Wildsmith for Dawson was good. I've mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind seeing Windass in the middle because I thought that's kind of what it was pronouncing. Uh, him as the third man alongside. I thought that was kind of good because I, on paper at least. Yeah. Because, you know, he's a player with a lot of legs in industry and skill set to kind of link up the play as that creative player. I was surprised to see Reach still playing. Um, but the interesting thing is to kind of foreshadow what happened. Uh, I agree with you. You know, Reach is, you said Reach is the best crosser of the ball at this club. Yeah. So maybe we need to keep playing Reach even if recent performances have been a bit shit from Adam Reach. Um, I didn't mind the back three. It's great to see I offer back. And it was good to see Brown on the bench. I do think, though, that yes. with uh, the only thing I will say about Windus in the middle, um, Delhi Bashuru can be really disappointed to miss out. That I don't. is 
we didn't cover that, but yeah, absolutely. He is one of the very few bright things to come out of the uh, the performance against Rotherham. I thought I thought he absolutely did himself no uh, no harm. Uh, looked, yeah, looked very much the part. Um, drove us forward at times single handedly and generally looked to make a bit of time and space for himself using his strength, using his uh, his little turn of pace. He's he's a guy that accelerates sort of faster than expected i think yes um and yeah a bit of a shame for him not to get rewarded for for being that bright spark uh midweek i would agree mm-hmm. um i don't have i mean i don't have masses and masses of notes for this game to be honest i i do actually well okay, actually great. here's the thing first half i was awash with notes and then when the goal happened at half time i just thought i don't want to do this anymore you know, oh I just listlessly watched watched the rest of the game. So, um, the it was a really fra- one of the comments I've made was this was a really frantic game. It's the uncut gems of Wednesday games: constant pressure, and stressful, brief promises of things happening, of positive things, but without any of the artistry. I've not seen uncut gems, but um, I that sounds like a good comparison to have made. <laughs> It was really, and and that's uh, the interesting Uncle Gems is um, it's a film which is constantly soundtracked by this kind of very foreboding um, electronic uh, score, which is done by One O Tricks Point Never, okay. the American electronic artist. And I want to say that's game. Did you find it very like the? Um, did you find that there was so much chanting? Sorry, there's so much shouting from the sidelines. It was really noisy. Mm. It, it, the, people were shouting at all times. Like, it got to, like I got to the point where I'm like, can people just shut, just up. shut up for, for a second? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that too much, to be honest, but uh, fair enough. So we started off, but I mean, it, it, was, I mean, it wasn't a dull game. I mean, it, <laughs> a bad game for the result, but I mean, it wasn't, certainly wasn't a dull game. Um, but the, a lot of that again is just caused by us. Um, the third minute, Wildsmith on the third minute, needlessly clatters the clearance against the Wickham striker. So that started the period of panic, which leads to a free kick, which Wickham nearly scored from. Six minute, I offer heads behind from under pressure, nervy stuff once again. We had that break in the seventh minute where it went to Harris, but it was assisted by yeah. the referee, which was fair, but it was disappointing. Yes. Um, and then the eighth minute, this is all kind of very much inviting pressure he gave the ball away and i said pull stuff under pressure i have used under pressure in quotation marks mm. i don't think wickham were playing poorly it's just that the confidence from them in playing us and our downsides seems to be making a lot more from situations that really shouldn't tax us and i made the comment i was like wickham will score today the question is how many and whether we lay a glove on them yeah i made that within the eighth minute and oh, it's just it's just we've all, we've seen all of this all before. I just know. thought we looked so nervous. Yeah, we looked nervous in our defending. We looked nervous on the ball um, and hurried. Even when, as you say, that that they weren't putting bags of pressure on, but we mm. put pressure on ourselves because we looked. Everybody was holding onto the ball like Tom Lee's today. You know, everyone was like shaking and second guessing themselves, and not not everyone. You know, there, there was there's some brighter moments. I thought I thought Reach in particular had a, had a good first half and and put in some really decent crosses, um, and was 
maybe let down a little bit by mm. not not doing what they should to attack the ball. Uh, but yeah, it, we just when we look, which is it's funny because they're a team that has not won in seven games. Uh, although I believe the kind of narrative is that they're improving game on game. They're kind of yes, learning yes, that is something. Um, but you know, they're a team that has very little reason to be positive and uh, confident. And we looked like we looked like the team that hadn't won a game this season. There's so much belief there, isn't there? Yeah. For, for them and it's uh, it's really difficult and i feel we had a note from um we had a couple of notes on twitter recently which which was really nice so we had a reply from mark etches who's uh commented mm. and a uh, listener of ours who's replied to us on numerous occasions uh thank you for that mark and he said he made a point which was basically saying you know i felt last week we we're a little bit harsh on Luton town who seems to be doing quite well right now um yeah I suppose that it, which is in a way, it's fair. I, I suppose if you look at who they've won, they've beaten the teams that we are looking at in the league and thinking we should be, we should beat those teams. But I mean, there are some teams that are struggling. You know, Wickham mm-hmm. are one of them, but Wickham seem to be improving. They seem to be taking a long time for lift off. If if they're going to carry on, if they're going to do anything with that, which hey, it's an inconsistent league, and also I would bet my. I would bet, well, no, I'm not going to bet a thing, but I would bet a considerable <laughs> amount on not... getting relegated. I, I would sure. be hugely, sure. hugely surprised. Sure, sure. Um, um, but then, you know, Luton have picked up points. Like, a lot of teams seem to be doing all right. You know, Reading are absolutely running away with things right now, which is astonishing. Although although lost this weekend. so but it's, Lost uh, this so weekend. Do, do you know what? In the Championship, Luke, I don't know if anybody's said this before, but... <laughs> Anybody can be anybody. I always say that. I know people like to think actually one or two teams always win the championship, but no, I think anybody can be anybody. I'm, I'm quite uh, outspoken. Wow, that. you hear you heard it here first, <laughs> Rich. If I I thought it was um, I thought it was Colin Murray who was uh, hosting EFL on Quest for numerous years, but has it, has it been you the entire time saying that every week? <laughs> it's me saying that every week. Um, so I guess that's the funny thing is like there's a lot I, I don't know if I really want to go through all of this maybe I'll just kind of cherry pick some stuff um, here's a fun little analogy Rich um, 11th minute uh, your office saves a situation where we again we're yes. again looking to concede too, e- too easy I said we're so porous I said you know we get that advert where Bounty compares against a supermarket brand paper towel <laughs> We're the supermarket brand paper towel. We get a little bit of water and then we just, I think the rest of it actually isn't the water. It's just us as a fabric crying ourselves and generating liquid to make ourselves so damp and weak. Why Why does everyone else look like Bounty? And we we're, look yeah. like... <laughs> we're just a saucer of water. How do you mop up this spill of water? Do you pour more water on it? No, you get some Bounty. <laughs> well, we were doing... Uh-huh. So, well, we did our panic reaction to Akin Fenwa, who maybe he deserved it, maybe he didn't, but we were let, basically, it felt like we decided to let him win the first ball. Don't bother trying, let him win the first ball. Felt like the decision that had been made. We do this quite often. The mm. key to making that decision it is a perfectly fine decision to make often, as long as you hold your line and win the second ball. What you can't do is, oh yeah, hold off, let him win it, 
and then let the ball drop and then maybe battle for the third ball. That just puts you in constant pressure and constant chance of uh, of messing up and, and having, having issues. How, how desperately poor is it that here I am on this podcast and I was going to joke that Rich and I could well become the new rap supergroup hit the channels um <laughs> i'm so desperate for a real antiquated dinosaur of a manager who can get us to do the fucking basics properly i'm sick of gary monk who i thought was going to be that manager not getting us to do the basics not having any confidence not having any belief not having any attitude <laughs> there's no aggression i think you know, we did the basics badly I think we play bad long ball. You know what I think it is, Rich? And I, I came to, this is a note I made at the end, which I don't know, whatever. I can go, I'm going to do it now. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I would have been happier had we just levered it from 30 yards from any opportunity we had today. You know, if we really just put our foot through the ball, I want it to be driving range. I don't want it to be trying to chip the ball from the bunker. That's what it is. Every ball is so, is so kind of like, Oh, did you see how deliciously I put the ball in there? Yeah. Like every it's like it's Bannon and it's Windass. That's all they do. Yeah. Like right at the end of the game, I made the note that like high on their own supply. Go on, well, we're just like kind of artful, kind of kind of slightly slow kind of balls that are kind yeah. of like they look really nice, but it doesn't go anywhere. It and doesn't show accuracy up. Sorry? You keep the old pro zone ticking over, keep the accuracy up. Well, he, he beautifully pinged one against the corner flag right at the death. <laughs> Wind ass. That's something you missed. Oh, man. Um, oh, I don't know. What, can, what else can I say about it's a lot of... Um... So first half, I mean, first half, we we had a couple of really scary moments. I thought Pelipessi, there was one at the sort of 24th minute that Pelipessi did incredibly well to, uh, to clear, having sort of tracked his man, who should have been picked up with by one of our three centre-backs but wasn't um and we started to build a head of steam towards the end of that half mm. it felt like <laughs> if anyone was going to score it would be us but it wasn't <laughs> um Waldsmith produced a fantastic save in the kind of 45th minute or so 45th minute yeah and then everyone was asleep from a corner again it, it, it was almost yeah. exactly like the goal we conceded um against uh, Brentford the second goal I I, yeah I hope you know Rich that the point I was making earlier was like I'd love a manager to get us to do the basics properly I agree with you we we do the basics very very poorly yeah sorry I felt like maybe you're arguing with me there like no but like no but what I'm I suppose what I'm saying is we have a very simplistic we play route one football terribly like we have all the bad bits of terrible of well not terrible but like you know unfashionable gritty route one football slog it out football but we are not good enough at it to get any of the benefits so we just lump it long to anybody anywhere never win a header because we're not aiming for anyone like it would be better to be a wholehearted direct I'd love to be a Sam Allardyce team at this point because at I least know. you have an identity. That's what I felt. What, do you know, to be honest, watching Wickham, I felt jealous because I, I, I bet as a Wickham fan, you know exactly what they want to do. They've got the goalkeeper that gets the, ball, gets the ball in his hands 
all the way up to the edge of that box and he drops it on in the in the area of the opposition and Akinfen Akinfenwa battles for it and then they've got two guys around Akinfenwa that try and use their pace to get in behind and it nearly happened uh what's his name Cachette or something like that yes yeah he nearly three times he should have scored in the first half who again I talk about aggression he was a real he's a real shit wasp yeah and you know and I I kind of felt I think there was a moment in the first half where he, he stamped on... He was the player who stamped on Windows, wasn't he? That's right, yes, yeah. And I, I'm not like... I wasn't so vicious and vain for blood that I wanted like him to be sent off. I, the thing that really depresses me is it's like... Now, I talked about this again. In the world of watching football on TV, which is all we have now, you watch the Premier League and you're like, oh, slight, slight niggle in the box, is it? Oh, I guess that's a penalty because we'll just go to the VAR. And then the championship, I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to be given. No. Like, I'm so aware of that. Like, also, that was a moment um, I can talk about. So uh, let me look from my through my notes here. I think it was the 23rd minutes. Uh, so it's a really good diagonal ball. Marriott, Marriott was sprinting on a diagonal to it. And he was fouled by yes. the defender shepherding the goalkeeper. Yeah. And that was like the edge of the box. And I'm like, surely that should be a foul. But no, no, it isn't because it's the championship and we don't we don't get marginal decisions in the championship. No, I, I, I did think, I mean, it was one of those incidents that sort of passed by without a huge amount of sort of comment afterwards. But it it felt like it, it would. Yeah. In the in the Premier League, it would have been poured over um, and probably probably found to be a, a, a penalty or a free kick. Um Get to see a, a mild rise out of Michael Owen on my TV show, TV screen about that one. But it, the goal again, it was. Dep- I mean, so annoyingly, oh well, unfortunately, he was Pelopessi's man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pelle who weirdly, again, probably if you're looking at people that have done all right in these last two games, he's 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 on that list of players that have done all right in those last two games. Um, I don't think anyone loves him starting. I don't know if Joey loves when he starts, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but for the job he's there to do, he's he's made some vital stops that that have helped the defense out in both those games, and 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 no less than straight after that Marriott incident, that was mm. that was a goal saving. I mean, we would have had Akin Fenwa score against us if it wasn't for Pelopessi blocking that ball. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. But then, but then he's asleep like everybody else for the corner. A short corner catches us out. I don't. I honestly don't know whether it's we are so bad at set pieces, we're just not good at practicing them anymore. Because our use of we had four corners in the space of ten minutes. Oh no, they're all awful. They were all terrible. The worst of all was the the really clever one where Bannon played it to Harris, Fucking then hell. ran and took it off Harris, boomed it at Reach's shin. Reach miscontrols it, and it ends up going back to Pelopessi on the halfway line. Yes, brilliant. Yes. What a great. I know. Set-piece. I know. What a great advantage. So here's the thing: like, yeah, we can't show any advantage from set pieces, and everyone else has advantage from set pieces against us. How many corners have we conceded now? This season, where we conceded three corners so far, we do concede a lot from set pieces. It's uh, it's really poor, really mm. poor. Um, so that was half time. Yeah, I <laughs> I said what a kicker, and unfortunately, it was deserved because 
It was end to end. It was against the run of play, but it was deserved on the balance of well, the half. I think. Yeah, it's one of those strange Wickham, ones. Yeah. Wickham looked all the, the, the much the better side for most of this. Yeah. <sighs> we missed Harris trying at Harris. It's a usual result. Yes. That. It was a particularly um, bad Harris as well. There was some. There was some kind of good kind of interplay and kind of build up. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the thing about there was some good balls, some the really great balls from Reach this game. Yeah. He swung some nice crosses over. We just we couldn't really make anything of it. Um, I like Patterson, but he's not Stephen Fletcher. No, he's not going to score some it, incredible headers. He's like Stephen Fletcher the season before when he was really good. <laughs> mm. He's like a Stephen Fletcher seven goal season rather than fifteen sixteen goal season. Stephen yeah. Fletcher. Um, so yeah, I missed chunks of the second half unfortunately um st- streaming issues uh I've, got, I've written down when the subs happened oh great <laughs> well I, I actually started the second hands with second half with you know a flurry of chances but none worthy of any notes being made the clock dwindles down i also put second half then and i also said should we stop doing this podcast while gary monk is still manager <laughs> It's um you remind yourself, Rich, that we decided to do this podcast and we thought it'd be fun. And it was fun at the beginning, but it's not fun now. It's really it's really the last two weeks have not have absolutely not been fun. And uh Gary Monk's been the manager like nigh the entire time. Well, I... I know, but I, I it didn't feel as this feels I don't the thing is we're in a desperate spot that as a club. The you know, starting on minus twelve is difficult anyway. You mm. then cannot perform historically badly. Like, this is no goals in three games. Um, the first time we've lost four on the bounce for two years. Uh, no confidence that... There's no... I'm not... You know, this This is beyond the bounds of conceivable <clears throat> in terms of how bad this run has been. Because, okay, it's three, four games. It's not the end of the world. But these three of these... Four Four games were the games you need to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, now we, I think we were realistic in saying we certainly won't win them all because football doesn't really work that way. We have been Sheffield Wednesday fans for a long time, but I do, I, I don't think even the most pessimistic of fans would have looked at this run of four games and said, "Do you know what? At the end of that, we'll have zero points." It's shambolic. It's <laughs> depressing. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. We we are better than this, undoubtedly. So I am I am just waiting for the day that he's sacked now, um, because I just don't see. We've got Bournemouth next. <laughs> you know that is we have got a tough run of games now. We're he's not. We're not going to win a game between <laughs> between. The, <clears throat> It doesn't look like November. There's a there's an easy win. We've had the easy wins. Today was the easy win, and we lost. Mm. Uh, there's only one way to arrest things when they're like this. And as you say, I mean, it's it's Monk has got to go. Yeah, it's it's baffling decision making. It's <sighs> poor tactics. It's misjudging situations. It's fa- it's failures to react. It's sticking you know sticking with decisions you've made regardless of form and facts and sense. Uh, it's that, you know, the combination of things that just point to if the chairman is paying any attention at all, he needs to 
jump in and make something happen. I would have hoped after last weekend, actually, he was looking at the very, you know, the very latest, he should have started looking at alternative managers after last weekend, because I think we could all feel there was very much the potential to be sat here next Saturday, having lost both those games, because it was just such, such a poor performance last Saturday. Um, There's just nothing good to build from here. I don't know why we've signed uh, Marriott. He looks to me like Stevie May Mark II, Stevie May without the passion. Um, And when we are desperate for cash and players and all the rest of it, it feels such a wasteful signing. And not only that, it seems to be a wasteful signing that has to get on the pitch every game. I'm baffled by it. Yeah. Well, I thought he was exceptionally lucky midweek to be playing because I, I don't I don't see the point. We might as well play just Windass uh, or Kachunga. Or Kachunga. Both of those guys have shown bright sparks. I've yeah. not seen anything from Marriott. He looks no. lightweight. He looks poor quality. He seems to he gives a ball away. He's not quick. I just don't know what he brings. You know, I I'm also feel really sad to announce after we signed him that I'm really glad it's just till... Is it season long or can he, he can just no, be recalled? No, it's season long, but Derby could take him oh. back. His form warrants it in January. But at this, I was hoping he would be taken back. <laughs> they'll be extending January. it in January, given if they're like, if they're, <laughs> keep him, keep him. Eighteen months. It's like uh, when you can take out a car loan. I could put you in a new car for three years. I could get you Andy Marriott for another year for half the fee that you're paying now. <laughs> Anything to afford. Than to avoid him being back amongst our players, stinking up the place. <laughs> I thought he would be a really decent. I thought it'd be, you know, maybe a shrewd signing. Yeah, but, uh, we hope so. I'm beginning to think and see that Derby are quite happy to have him off the wage bill or and, have and contributions. So suddenly, when he's not playing every game for them, Derby's form has turned around. I'm not suggesting that's the only reason why, but. Um, <laughs> 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 it's mm. marked the results before and after he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what to do. We want to do player ratings, Luke? Is are we? Are we? Mm. <laughs> I mean, we can do. I mean, we it, it, we you know we I normally do. Wonder if maybe we're just like the players and we don't want to be here either. There's a there's definitely a, ch- a bit of that. But also, I'd like to say, and I wanted to say to this coming into this that. We have a lot more resilience than Sheffield Wednesday's players. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's what do it. You... Uh, there well, is. I, okay. I feel there's something I want to say about one player. Okay. Oh, good. Um, let me tee this up for one player. One player. Um, <laughs> the thing I want to say as well was at the end. Um, I don't know. I, I Again, it's that question about how do you want people to react after things? And maybe not the time, Gary Monk, to be really pally with your old mate Akin Fenwa mm. after we've just lost like four in the bounce to Wickham. Maybe just give him a little handshake, a little smile and say, I'll text you later. <laughs> you know, maybe just send me a WhatsApp. You know, I don't just. No, not now. Not now. Really don't want to see that. You know, considering you really should be on your way out of the club considering you should be thinking you should be going down the staples and looking at which uh, cardboard box to pick up to go empty your desk, Gary. Um, it's not good. I don't want to see that. No, no Wednesday fan wants to see that. You know, unfortunately, 
this is the thing that irritates me. So the nature of social media, it's easy to be on Wednesday message boards. It's easier to be negative than to say anything positive. Mm. But also we really just, you're trying to, much like I think Wednesday's performance, you don't want to give anything towards how poor and negative. You don't want to add anything else. We don't want to give ourselves more to do than we already have to do because we already have a hell of a lot to do. Exactly, yeah. Well, we just well, simply... I d- I d- you, you did all this work, you know, and, and as we're aware, or at least the narrative we've been told, is he did a lot of work to create a lot of positivity around this football club coming into this season because guess what? We're going to need it. And you do something like that and no, no, it's just, it's not needed. It's not needed. Don't do it. Don't, yeah. don't feed us. Don't feed us stuff to uh, <laughs> get upset about. I just, it's, I mean, we can, we can kind of go over things, but it's this with Monk is, I don't know whether it's overthinking things that it felt today felt like, and I very much point to this as many of the signs of crisis. Um, but this felt like an Alan Irving sort of performance. Giving Akin Fenwer the freedom of our defence to just kind of, let's not, he's so good, we can't hope to win first balls against him. So just let him, and maybe part of that, so he knows him and he's just, you know, like, oh, I, oh yeah, I've, I've trained against him. He is, you know, whatever. Uh, he's not that good. On everything in real in the real world, I know on FIFA he's like a hundred strength or whatever, so he has yeah. a weird cult following. But this is real world football, and he is five foot eight or something. I know, and nearly forty. And to have to, I mean, to tell Dominic Iorfa he should just leave off and let him win the first ball. That, you remember, you remember that, you remember that corner. Where Akin Fan would beat him for height and headed it wide in the first half. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, was it there? Was that the throw in, actually? Was it a long throw? Or was I it? thought it was a corner. Maybe I thought it was a corner. There was a, because there was a long throw he had a free header from as well. Madness. But yeah. that, it reminds me of the Alan Irvin thing of like, you know, talking up. Yeovil Town have got a lot of threats all over the patch. And, you know, and you're like, it's Yeovil Town. Don't. <laughs> I know. Don't make them to be like Real <laughs> Madrid, you know, on that. Well, we, we used to do that impression all the time, didn't we? We used to. Exit to the, not the type of football scene team seen since the total footballer from Netherlands in the seventies. <laughs> you know, it's it's that stuff it, again. <laughs> you know, I remember Kenny Lund's uh, got a look of prime age about him. Uh, <laughs> It's interesting that we are talking about the last two episodes, losses against clubs that would be more kind of suited or their names and their stature and the clubs of where they are are more suited towards League One. And we're talking about Alan Irvin. And I also remembered um, a conversation with an old work colleague of mine. It was a Wednesday night named Paul who talked about going down to Cardiff and having a moment where he said he was a bit nervous because he's like, Hartlepool are a good team. And then his mate turned to him and said, we're a good team. Yeah. I'd love to know. I, I'd love to some players to have some confidence. This is like the opposite. I, I though, like isn't it? It we're, too... looking at, we're looking at Luton and Wickham and saying they are, they're crap teams. But it's, like, it's the opposite. Like, yeah, but we're crap team as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's true. It's true. But then the end of it, uh, you know, respectfully, the only respectful thing we can say once the uh, the added salt to this gravy that we're putting out there is the saltiness has worn off. We're being like. Fair play, Luton. Fair play, Wickham. You've come and you've come with a game plan. You've done your job. Every player has done what they need to. They came out at half-time and I looked at the players for for Wickham and I'm like, they look like a team. They look like a football team. We look such a disparate, you know, like there was that big show of like, hey, let's get everybody in a huddle and let's do it at the end of it. And there was a shot at like in the second half and it was like, you know, the players taking their positions and they all just kind of like had their own like positional mates to yeah. kind of chat with yeah. you know and it just feels like they feel so i don't know like this is the really awful thing we do this podcast i'd like to think i think you have a lot better uh, tactical handling on football rich i don't think i do i think i come out and sound like my dad talking about like the basics i feel like a dinosaur at times talking about this football i'm seeing you know talk about about qualities we can't identify which are passion you know so but let me kind of i'm going to get a bit airy fairy here rich because i mentioned this a little bit before but so emotions that people have negative emotions rich depression's a bad one right Mm -hmm. you know what's higher than depression anger i'd like some players to show some anger yeah they don't they look like anger is a higher energy level in life if you're depressed you're not going to do anything if you're angry you're going to have a bit of now so you're at least going to do something you know you might put your fist through a wall you might do something regretful but i don't know at this stage can it get much worse and again with confidence i'd like them to try and fake it i don't know if i had a manager in i'd want someone to try and get some to work on their psychology i'd want a sports psychologist to get them to have a little bit of belief in themselves and if they can't do it then fake it They'll fake it and then they'll do something good and then that will have a kick-on effect and be like, oh, I can do something good. Well, there's, yeah, it's it's interesting you, what you're saying about the, t- you know, they look like a team because part of this thing where, I, I mean, so in fairness to Monk, there's the injury situation. So that is, sure, that's its own thing um, and causes, and has caused a lot of headaches. Some of that, I think, actually, more of that than maybe is comfortable could be laid at the door of making bad decisions, you know, signing players that are injured or have just come back from long injuries. You're kind of sort of asking for trouble and you're putting players in positions where maybe they need to play more games than they're used to or comfortable with, et cetera, et cetera. There's knock-on effects of, of these actions but let's take that out of the way the chopping yeah. and changing the fact that it's ne- it's so rarely the same combination in defense so rarely the co- same combination in midfield the f- the wing backs just seems to be a kind of toss it in the air and see where they land every week up front there's no kind of plan but there's what I'm, what you don't see anywhere on the pitch is partnerships there's no players who are enjoying like bouncing off each other and get getting create you know creatively kind of yeah. gaining from each other's company there's yeah. not a there's not an overlap where oh yeah there's a really good move where reach goes long and the other guy drops in or there's none of that because yeah. there's no opportunity to do it it's a different 11 every week and in that eleven, people are asked to do completely different jobs. 
every week. So there's just no room to build and grow and become a team. But again, you this is the problem, and this is I think I have to go back to you have to do the basics. Like I yeah. would, you know, maybe I'd come in as manager and maybe get sacked in for four games. Maybe it'd be absolutely worse. But my approach would be going in and being like, you know, ask them what they like doing as football players. Ask them what they think their best qualities are. Yeah. And then get them to play to their best qualities. Because no one's playing to any best quality. Nobody's doing that. No one should, should should we encourage that, Luke, when the last time we know of the monk sat down with a player and discussed their position, they him and Adam Reach came to the decision that he was a forward. Yeah, but that was that was I think we've I'm only kidding. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I'm a bit <laughs> oh, I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit yeah. I'm a bit delicate. It today. was like uh, it was like Captain Phillips. I'm the striker now. Was what? Uh, <laughs> that's what he came out saying. <laughs> okay, shall we do this? Let's give some player ratings. Luke wants to talk about one player in particular. We're leaving that hanging. It's going to be exciting. Uh, Joe Wildsmith, man of a match, seven out of ten. Oh, mommy. Because he made two great saves. I think you missed the second one. He made a really great save to make sure. He made two great saves to make sure it didn't end up 3-0. And I don't think he was hugely at fault from the goal. Positive. Top 40, Unfortunately, Joe. top 40, Joe, I don't know whether this is going to be... See, this is the problem. I don't think... It's not like, hey, I'm Kieran Westwood, or hey, I'm uh, I'm Edison... Hey, I'm, I don't know, pick, pick a number, a great kind of number one goalkeeper who you know the other goalkeeper is going to go nowhere near. Yeah. None of these are a name and stature. So I'm wondering now if you just have to have them a, a constant stress point, uh, a constant stress point to make sure that they prove their worth to claim that number one shirt. But that number one shirt has to be claimed every single game. It can't be because yeah. I, I, I don't want to see... I'd really hate to see. I hate to see any old goalkeeper completely shit the bed, but I really don't want to see Wildsmith shit the bed the way that Dawson has shit the bed. The well, unfortunately, I think it will definitely happen. <laughs> it will. It will. It's the circle of Tosh, right? Yeah, the circle of. It's the circle of Tosh. <laughs> you maybe get one good game in three <laughs> before they throw the ball in their own nets. But it shouldn't. It was like again. I don't want to have. It reminds me of Wednesday during poor times. It, uh, you know, for different ways. But it reminded me of. Do you remember like Paul Heffernan? I do remember Paul Heffernan. Do you remember Paul Heffernan being like, "Well, these strikers are crap," and Paul, we haven't seen Paul Heffernan. Surely Paul Heffernan's better. <laughs> yes. And it comes. It comes a constant rotation of the player that you're not seeing in training because you never get to see them drawing a wage at the club. And you never get to see them. You can see them in like a, the odd subs bench berth. You think, oh, they must be all right. <laughs> yes, yeah, but, yeah. Because comparatively, they nothing is better than what you're seeing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so it could well just be a continual thing. We might get to the point of being like, oh, Dawson was okay, wasn't he? So here's the other thing as well, Rich. Um, here's one thought I had after kind of midweek. Um, this is all making me rather dewy-eyed for uh, Lee Bullen's reign at Sheffield Wednesday. Yes, oh, that is I know. Well, that's the mess of this, isn't it? Having do you, now, do you remember that? Uh, do you remember that uh, abusive ex-girlfriend who used to beat you? Do you remember the time she bought you flowers? <laughs> oh, she, she wasn't. She wasn't that bad, was she? <laughs> you know. Oh, we had some good times. Well, that, yeah. Um, 
that really hasn't. That's just an analogy that's that's not happened to Rich or I. <laughs> sorry, but I just, sorry but, just, the, but that's the uh, that. I mean, that does happen. But th- that's the mess of now. We've we've we wholeheartedly invested, and in what what worries me in terms of getting rid of Monk, we've bought into Team Monk. They're all there. I know. Um. So do they all go if uh, if we get rid of him? Does do we end up with BT as the caretaker manager for a get for a spell? Um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. So it's a, it's such a mess. Maybe How it's it- um, maybe um, it's a round of Among Us. <laughs> and then we just, just vote out, slowly vote out the uh, people that we think about eggs, and we see how that goes. <laughs> uh, um, yes, okay. Let's go to Liam Palmer. <laughs> I was... <clears throat> so I well, um, Wildsmith was, Wild was the only player I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Wildsmith was okay. Sorry, Palmer was okay, wasn't he? I thought he put some good crosses in on the overlap. He did. He did. That's very true. He certainly did. With his two or three crosses, a lot, lot better than anything that Harris produced. His lack of quality is uh, severely disheartening. He gets so much of the ball and do you think, does um, nothing with it. Do you think Palmer musters a six? Palmer <laughs> musters a six, maybe. I, I, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I can I can share your enthusiasm in not wanting to go through the whole lot. Is there anyone else that's worthy of sort of a, a creditable note? No, let's just let's just carry on because I'll. Just, You're doing it, okay? Well, he's committed. I've done it for every other episode. I might as well do it for this one. Much, <laughs> much in the much so in the vein of doing this. Podcast. You were you were away, you were waning. Much Don't in the vein go. of doing this podcast, Rich. We did it before. We may as well do it again. Much like much like Gary Monk's tactics, it didn't work last week. Let's just do it again. Iorfa. Iorfa was all right, wasn't he? Was he? Glad to see him back. Glad to see him back and I thought he played I thought he played well. Yeah. It was okay. But maybe like again, he's missing out to headers to Akin Fenwa. But I can only imagine he's told he's been told to do that. Told to fear him. Yeah. To, yeah, told to defend in that way. Because he mm. should be all over him. Oh, I don't know. And yeah, okay, so that's, that's oh, it for. Yeah. 6.5, 6, 6. 6. I don't, yeah. Um, shall I tell you who's not getting a 6? Is it Mr. Barnum? It is Mr. He's getting a 5. I didn't want to see him in a Wednesday shirt after again. I thought that was. When so did he. Start, when did he start moving like he's pooed his pants? When did that start? He really looks like. He needs his diaper changed. <laughs> diaper changed. <laughs> can, can you do a uh, impression of Baby Burner? <laughs> I don't know that good, to be honest. Like a like my German, a German. Is, my German is sort of patchy at the best of times, trying to do it in a kind of high pitched tone. I don't know. I don't know that I could. Muta, <laughs> Muta. He has crap in my pantahosen. <laughs> you asked for it, Luke, and you cannot be upset that I tried it. You're not allowed. <laughs> uh, Kadeem Harris. <laughs> I guess I asked for this, didn't I? You did. Um, you, did. you can't. <laughs> I'm going back on it. Much like, much like the baby burner has done, has dirtied his diaper. Uh, impression. You can you can't now be angry that we are going through the players one by one. Do you remember Muppet Babies? <laughs> Vaguely, yes. 
So it's this Wednesday baby. So it's just all the players. It's like cartoon, cartoon like diapers. It's like it's like Rugrats type thing. Uh, Kadeem Harris. Let's go with a five. Let's go for five. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is we've had poor performances or we've lost by a, a small margin because that's a Gary Monk kind of thing. Everything is very fine margins. Yes. But I think there's been games previously where players have, you know, I've been a bit baffled because I'm like, individually, they've done all right. It's just collectively, they haven't done very well. Yeah. Again, probably that's probably a preempting our conversation today where I talk about there's no team mentality. There's no, there's no gelling, you know. No. Playing to anyone's strengths. Um, yeah, Harris was disappointing today. I don't know. I remembered when we had this really dangerous player on the wing who had so much industry and could take a player on and, you know, was generally exciting and a consistent 7 out of 10 performance. And he's gone. He's gone missing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hoped Patterson would kind of reignite him a bit, but I don't know. He's just a different sort of guy, Patterson. He's he's not a, He's certainly not a like-for-like with Fletcher. I mean, I like, I like Patterson quite a lot, I think. Um, but he does put me in mind of Lee Peacock a little bit. <laughs> oh God, well, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a long season, isn't it, Rich? <laughs> well, do you know what, do you know what I mean by that? Like this, I don't mean it as a, um, it's not a huge criticism, but <laughs> he works like he works really, really hard and gets stuck in, um, and he's full of like heart and bottle and all the rest of it. But I just don't feel, I, I rarely feel like he's a threat to the opposition, whether that's his positioning. So he's working too hard going the other way. So he's not where he needs to be when the ball comes in or just a lack of like striker's instinct. He did have a good, probably our best effort today was, was Patterson from, from outside of the box. I thought that, that required a good save from Allsop. Um, but it's just, yeah, he's not dangerous. He's not a worry to the opposition, I don't think. He'd be a, an absolute mm. pain to play against, but he's not, yeah, he's not He's not worrying you in terms of a threat to your goal too mm. often. Uh, let's go to the pest dispenser, Joey Pelopessi. I'm going to give him a four. Wow. Um, that was a good interception, but also that was really, really poor from the corner. Do you not think that makes him one? That makes him sort of even. No. Saved one goal, like, um, one, like a goalkeeper. Why? Why are we playing someone who we only really think their only real great attributes as a football player should be as a holding midfielder who should have some legs on him, who should be a bit spry, who should like a tackle, and why is why is there such huge gaps? between midfield and defence? Well, it's not a midfield that works in any semblance. It's not Joey Pelopessi's fault, I don't think, but I don't know that he helps. I think he's misused. I think <laughs> Bannon should... Well, no, but like I think Bannon should sit and we should use Pelopessi to close things down. I think just having him kind of like hold Iolfa's hand feels like a waste of a resource. It's 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 a it's a midfield that is completely dysfunctional. It's not good enough, and mm. that this has been the run of however many games now. I mean, we've lost four in a row, but um, I don't think it particularly looked great against Birmingham. You know, I think I would say pretty much since Fulham, there's been it's been weird choices in that midfield, and I think Luongo was so good and getting through so much work that he mm. kind of made it function, but. Bannon is playing 
some of the worst football he's played in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt ever. Yeah. Uh, and it's not so, and that's hurting everybody because he's get, he's given the ball away when he doesn't need to. He is he's not providing the quality in the moments when we need it either. Uh, but also he just doesn't, he's not a good enough defender. He doesn't do that bit of the job well enough. So you always, you're always gun, going to need to protect him. So that's why you kind of have to have Pelopesi or somebody. He needs a safety blanket in there always. Uh, and that makes us severely limited because there's only Luongo and Pelopesi that can actually do that job. I don't, I haven't seen anything from Delhi Bashiru to make me think I'd trust him as a defensive midfielder. Hon- no cannot do it he's too slight and he's too um yeah he he does that kind of classic english defending where you end up making last ditch tackles all the time which is not good defending by and large uh i've maybe talked about it before but there's there was that famous sort of interview with Xabi alonso when he left liverpool and he talked about how you'd, you'd read in the program about the youngsters and they all said oh yeah and i love a tackle and he's like, that's not a good thing. Like, you shouldn't be tack. Like, if you defend properly, you never have to make a last-ditch big tackle. But yeah. that is Bannon's only defence. And it seems to be Hunt's only defence. You can't have two of those players together. So we're severely, severely limited, which makes our baffling decision to buy a first-team or, or loan in a first-team striker on top of all of our options in that area even stranger because we needed a midfielder before mm-hmm. injuries took to- took hold. Because mm-hmm. Brown's not going to do that. So really, it's, Luong- mm-hmm. it's Luongo and Pelopesi, and nobody likes Pelopesi, including Pelopesi uh, being the option. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a hiding to nothing. Um, Bannon? Five. Yeah. Yeah, this is poor. This is really poor from Bannon. I, I hate the fact that now he's captain. I like that he's captain because, I don't know, maybe that's the thing that, unfortunately, hopefully Bannon revives you know his creative juices and the best performances we've seen him in a wednesday shirt um but the fact that he is captain i think maybe is the thing that's giving him the advantage of taking corners and set pieces and those are absolutely atrocious actually set pieces are okay his corners sorry his free kicks are okay his corners are atrocious they're absolutely awful like we've taken attacking moments into defensive moments on I think at least two occasions today. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, you know, sort of looking at speaking at Paul Heffernan, uh, it's like that with our set pieces. Anything or anyone could easily be better than Bannon. And in fact, yeah. Pelu Pessi, we've seen take well. He takes terrible corners actually, but Brad <laughs> Reach can take corners. Reach can take corners. I think Harris might be able to take corners when that's newly corners. developed crosses palmer might be worth taking i don't know i just know that bannon's not good at it barely ever been good at it and he's in yeah really bad form right now so yeah it's um and that would be the thing that i thought we would have that would be a good thing going into this because i thought we would be good at set pieces I know. and i thought we were bringing in you know those characters to be good and connecting with headers like well i mean you know there's a lot of them injured right but i mean like yeah, yeah. flint Ayol for patterson dunkley yeah it's tough it, for me because yeah. i because i think well i i, I still think bannon does an awful lot of good for us I st- he's he's still our best player but at the moment it's like he's the best 
in line with everybody else though so like if everybody's at a seven bannon's maybe an eight today when everyone's like a four or four or five bannon's five and a half do you know like he's just about holding his head above the water but he's not he's not he's not dragging us out of the mire with the way he's playing which i suppose in a way is unfair to expect one player to do it but he's always been the man to do that and he wants that responsibility he always takes it i love that bravery from him that he doesn't go hiding but it looks like it's weighing heavy on him he looks like his like the thought processes that he has to go through every game to drag us through every game it's weighing heavy on him uh, yeah. and, and his performances are really really suffering as a result um yeah. taking set pieces is a, is a is a bad look for him um yeah it's t- it's mm. tough. It's re- it is really tough because it's interesting you say that because I, I do get the impression that he is trying to empty empty the Atlantic with a bucket of water. Yes, yeah. You know, every game. Yeah, but it's almost I'm almost getting like I, so with my problem with the stream, not to kind of give the whole game away, but um, I was listening to the Wickham commentary and the way that Wickham talk about the Wickham commentary were talking about Barry Bannon and he's so good from set pieces. Oh dear, well we might live to regret giving the ball, giving them the ball here and stuff like that. Oh, and it's another corner and another chance for him to put the ball in. Uh, but they are also, oh dear, Rhodes, please don't bring on Rhodes. Oh. It's, like, it's almost to me, it's like sadly, it's almost like he's living off past stories a little bit. Story. Yeah, and. In, in a, it would have been unthinkable to say when his contract's up at the end of the season, just let him go. But right now, I think we have to. It's almost like a Fletcher situation. He's really good. We won't be able to replace him, but I think he'll probably want more money than he's truly worth come the end of the season, unless things turn around. But he looks tired. He looks mentally tired to me. Uh, and that's how he looked at, towards the end of last season. We've not had much of a break and everything goes through him. Um, okay, Windass, Trumpy Bum himself. 5.5. I thought he had moments, but yeah, I think 5.5 is fair. I don't, this is the problem, I don't know where, so Windass can be so good for us. Um, much like Dennis Waterman, you know, I can be so good for you. <laughs> like yeah. to see him do a recording of that, that might give me a bit of levity during these very, very sad, depressing times. But it's, I don't know where he is. I don't know where his position is. I don't know where his head's at. I don't know where his position is on the field. Because again, he was just drifting out to, mind you, we changed a lot, didn't we? We made some really bizarre changes in the second. You probably didn't see that, but yeah. he was well, on the wing so often today. I don't quite fully know where his best position is, and I don't know if we're ever going to get the chance to play it, really. Well, he, like Adam Reid, has really suffered from... He seems to be playing a different position every single game. Yeah. So how do you build your form? How Who you play off? How fast to play a through ball to that guy and all the rest of it? I don't know how you do that when you just, you're playing somewhere else every game. And this was another new position... I thought he made a reasonable fist of it, but I just don't know because it was a couple. He played a couple of fairly decent sort of through balls, particularly when we started to get on top in the game. I thought that was that. That's towards the end of the first half. I thought Windass was was actually sort of the one making that happen. I think he. I thought he was working hard, finding spaces, and making them pay for letting him have the ball in those difficult situations. Um, 
a bit like Bannon in a way. Like he was, so he was taking possession, he was moving it on, he was making things happen. He played a couple of really sort of decent through ball passes to the, the strikers, but they just didn't work as a partnership at all. But Patterson's one good effort came from that was a windass pass into him. But that was sort of case in point because um, Patterson's first touch was not to take it into his path and take a shot. It was to come back on himself, kind of then beat a man, then kind of whip a shot at goal. It was, um, yeah, just, I don't know, it's just strange. It's it's hard to see so many things being disjointed and not quite working off each other. And, and he's just another part of that at the moment. Uh, Adam Reach? <laughs> Six. Six. I think he can scrape for six. I mean, that's some good yeah. balls. I, I just love balls the, like, we just can't do the deep breath to kind of like set yourself. But yeah, I, I think yeah. that's I think that's fair. Um, let's go to the man who's so good he has a hotel chain named after him, Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to see him play again. <laughs> I don't. Just completely the wrong signing. Just, just not what we needed at all. We don't, we don't need another Jordan Rhodes. No, I prefer Jordan Rhodes. Marginally, I prefer Sam Winnell. <laughs> yes, yeah. We ineffectual. But he seems to get those moments, those half chances. Yes. Like, I'm like, this is your moment to shine, Jack. <clears throat> like and midweek, falls and over his feet. falls over his feet, or he like sets his Alice band. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's exactly <laughs> his last band. That says it all. That really says it all. Uh, I, th- I think he needs to uh, do a defrag on his Alice band. I think he needs to uh, run some virus software. Maybe, some, <laughs> maybe he's got some malware in his Alice band. Maybe that's what he should be, should be doing to the next game. Just sitting in, his, sitting in his computer, just running maybe his diagnostics. If instead of playing, we'd be better off. I think so. Just you stay home and defrag your Alice band, mate. It's all right. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, did you give him a score? Sorry, I, I, I might have missed him. Oh, right. Oh, yes, fair enough. Calm Patterson, Lumpy Bum. 5.5. I mean, it's some presence up front, but I don't... Again, I, I'm having the same thing of, like... You know, I, I've maybe said this on the podcast before, but I asked uh, Peter Lohman a while back about when I think they were doing Owls About Stat as a podcast. Yeah. Uh, the Wednesday Stat podcast, which uh, every now and again they, they do. Um, and I said, what are the stats for New You winning the ball in the air? And he's like, oh, it's really good. Mm. And it's probably the same thing. It's probably like, I think you said it last week, I managed to scrape my way through a very difficult re-listening of... A uh, different gravy last last week. Had a man than I. <laughs> oh God, I don't know. I'm I'm usually I sometimes have moments where I do this podcast and I'm like that was terrible and I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, oh, it's all right. You know, actually, <laughs> I I I amuse myself. It's you it's all really good. It's really really good. Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. We'll do we'll do the Gary we'll do the Gary Monk defense. You know, there's occasional. Yeah, that's it. We're let by let down by individual errors on occasion. <laughs> But we absolutely run our hearts out. Exactly. We'll be working hard to turn it round. And <laughs> and you know how we'll turn it around, Rich? We'll just keep doing the same thing that we did last week. And expect <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Um but so he wins the ball, but like does it 
does it go anywhere? Does it like dribble off to the side? Is that a win? You know, do we do we do we need the players much closer to Patterson? Yes, but the, so this again though is right. What was the most dangerous thing that Wickham kept doing? It was a deep, deep ball in behind our defence. Asking so that's asking an immediate question. Do you want to go? Are you going to go win that header, or do you try and cover yourself for that dropping over the top of your head and and trying to sort of stop the chance that comes next? That's a so that's a quality or a consistency of ball forward and a depth of ball forward that you can rely on and build around. What we have are goalkeepers and defenders who rarely, rarely ever get it to the halfway line. I think Wildsmith's worse than Dawson for this as well. I think Dawson's a better kicker than Wildsmith, but I, I might be wrong in that. I can't quite remember. In it, It's such like so many... thin margins <clears throat> between the two of them. But but I think Wildsmith it... very rarely gets to the halfway line with his kicks. You know, um, the really funny thing about this, Rich, is it, I think back about... Sheffield Wednesday, I think back about, um, you know, especially because people probably understand that probably due to my age and probably due to the time that I've been back into football from following my sabbatical, you know, I often talk a lot about kind of when me and you would go to games and I started coming back to games and that was kind of like laws of in, yeah. you know, coming into Megs and, you know, coming into Jones, that was kind of the era, the era. Uh, the period, the period, uh, and the era. The Iliad. I, the Iliad. That was the Iliad. Was Iliad. Oh, yeah. Um, you got to that Sheffield Wednesday chapter. Yeah, sorry. And I remember some of the, the old youngster goalkeepers that came through the academy. The I remember youngsters. Richard O'Donnell. I remember <laughs> Aaron Jameson. Yeah. Um, again, am I just doing that thing where you look back at your abusive uh, ex-relationship and be like, that was all right. We had some good times. I should uh, <laughs> should send them a text, see how they're doing, see if we can meet up. Um, I kind of like. I, I don't know. I remember. I remember O'Donnell's kicking was terrible. Mm. I remember it was really, really bad. Uh, I thought Jameson was all right all all round. Um, I don't remember how bad Wildsmith's kicking is, but interestingly, he kept he kept bowling it short every opportunity. Yeah, yeah. But the th- so the th- the thing is though, right? So. In terms of building an attack and building building around Patterson, <laughs> if you if you could know if you can look up and play the ball where you are looking, you can aim your ball forwards. <laughs> That's a huge advantage because the guy who is trying to win that header then knows roughly where to stand. If you are Callum Patterson, you have no clue where to stand. It could be anywhere in their half or our half. It's almost impossible to know wh- what where to stand as a frontman. So then you've got to not only win your battle with your defender, you've probably got to go into the zone of another defender and maybe a midfielder and win the ball. So winning the ball becomes much more of a roll of the dice and less of a skill or a kind of ability thing. And then you're looking for consistency of what comes next. And I think that was always the thing with Nui. You, the ball could go, again, could go anywhere from his head. So being the guy that's got to count on the, the randomness of the kick out, plus the randomness of the header, you're very rarely going to win the lottery of getting both those decisions, those reads right. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just feel for I feel for Patterson. I feel for whoever's with him. So to an extent, I suppose that means I should have some sympathy for Marriott. But I just think he's had enough moments to show quality, and he's abjectly failed in that regard. I, th- yeah. I think what you do. I worry that there's a thing where we need to play Marriott. I worry, I worry that there's a financial aspect. I know we kind of always say this, and then we that we go through a run of games where we don't play them, but. I can't fathom why he keeps getting picked and why he keeps getting favoured over Windass, for instance. I think Windass has shown far more. He started off the season grabbing goals. He's the guy I would put alongside Patterson and build. That would be my partnership. I'd build around those two and and let them grow alongside each other and learn each mm. other's games and hopefully see the benefit of that. Um, and pr- to be honest, if I was going for another guy after that, it would probably be Kachunga. I would yeah. marry it would be my third choice out of those three guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but though, though maybe so, you'd maybe you'd almost think about playing Rhodes instead of Mario. Yeah, probably. Fuck. Um, anyway, sorry, we got a bit lost there. But I I feel for Patterson. I think I think he's uh, he's obviously like he's got that thing though. He's not going hiding. He's he gets more determined to get into the game. He works harder when the game's passing him by. Those are all really good things to have. But what they mean is he's not where he needs to be when the ball goes into the box. And that was one of the big changes with Fletcher last season was he'd clearly been coached to just forget all the hard work and just get himself in the box and in and around the penalty spot so that he could take the goals, the balls that came that way. And how we get to that stage with him, I don't know. But it, it would be nice to see Patterson having that same sort of effect on things. Um, so subwise, we could we'll just run through those to, for the uh, you know the sake of being completionists. Uh, Izzy Brown made a welcome return on the on the hour mark for Harris. Yeah, um, I really hope he's not injured because he he was uh, struggling at the end. I think he he was holding his ankle. So I really hope that's not last we see for him for another four or five games. Was that Harris or Brown? That was Brown. Oh, right. Okay. So do you think he might have been rushed back or is it unrelated? I can't remember what he was. That was his ankle. Well, that was his ankle. It was a knee injury, wasn't it? Right. We just get like knocks and things like that, don't we? Which mean nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I I thought he looked all right when he came on. You know, it reminded me we have missed him quite massively. He's a, he's looks he's a, he's looked a great player for us, hasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. I'd probably give him a he gets a six to be generous. Um, okay, a nice generous six. Uh, Kachunga was then on seven minutes later. Did he make much of an impact? Mm, again, I I don't. I'll, I'll spray the six where, for Kachunga. Yeah, it's getting um, to the point at that stage where it's like this is not a formation anymore. This is just putting on players and hoping for the best. Yeah. Um, and then the final one, which is the absolute sign that you, as Sheffield Wednesday manager, have lost the plot. You don't know what you're doing anymore, and you're just flailing around, gasping for air. Uh, Jordan Rhodes came on for 13 minutes at the end. What's the um, What's the name when um, somebody dies and their body lets out that last kind of gasp of air? Like a death rattle. A death rattle. <laughs> One that we will both enjoy, you know, because the only the only thing in life out of death is, you know, is uh, death and uh, Gary Monk doing the same stuff again. 
But he scored 10 goals in eight games against Wickham Wanderers. But all of the commentary uh, teams, Rich, from t- people that don't see him at all anymore, you know, all think he's still fantastic. <clears throat> well, all those Wickham Wanderers goals probably would have come in League One when he was that guy that had that amazing game at Hillsborough. It's you- like you, it feels a bit like you're going to sit down and listen to an album from Weezer and think it's going to be the same quality as a Blue album. <laughs> Oh, dear. If only it was so close. <laughs> oh, dear. So, what... Uh, Score for John Rhodes. Yeah. 5.5. Wow, okay. You come over all generous second half. I know. I, know. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I, I don't think we need to go over anything more. I think we've do, sort of done it, but these are these are pretty um, pretty desperate times. Yeah. And then we've got a midweek game as well. Who are we playing yeah. midweek? Uh, we've got Bournemouth. Oh, God. I know. It's it's a tough game. I really... Are we at home as well? Um, yes. Oh, good. It's going to be it's going to be 1-17, isn't it, again? It's going to be one win in 17 at home quite, again. Quite, quite possibly. Although, being Chef Wednesday, this might weirdly be the one that we turn it around in. I know, but I don't want to have any hope. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And also, weirdly, it would be a respite for uh, Gary Monk when he really has more than more than earned the chop. He's really put the effort in, he's put the hours in, and earned the right to lose his job well and truly. Can we furlough him? <laughs> oh dear! I don't want to do this next week, Rich. If if Gary Monk's in charge, oh dear! Is that an ultimatum? It's an ultimatum. Hear me, this Deshfon. <laughs> Listen up, Chancery. <laughs> this will really hurt you. <laughs> Some 37-year-old, sad, depressed Wednesdayite lives and doesn't even live in Sheffield anymore. I should, I should stop now. It's getting, it's getting too self-pitying, isn't it, really? <laughs> hey, how, how about some good news? Uh, I made fudge today. That works quite well. Ooh. And it's, it's surprisingly easy. So there you go. Bit oh, of uh, there's, there's still some... Sunlight in the world. Some mirth to be had, eh? Some joy in this life. <laughs> I was just going to say, probably just to finish off, um, I anyone who's still listening at this point, um, thank you. And I just I want you to just smile next week. Just just make a point of just smiling, just for no reason. doesn't matter anymore. We all, we all fucking need it. We're all Wednesdayites. It's a really, it's a really grim time. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Try different things to do. Um, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, I watched Hubie Halloween. I shouldn't have, but it's not as bad as you might think. So there you go. Sometimes, sometimes things are surprises will surprise <laughs> you. That poor bastard. Why did he do such a thing? I don't know. I thought it would be like a good Halloweeny flick to watch. It really wasn't. But um, it, yeah, as I say, it was better than I expected it to be. And I was didn't have high expectations. <laughs> um, so you know, it's not all Wednesday letting you down. There's things in this life that uh, slightly overperform your ex, but your very low expectations. Just doesn't happen to be Sheffield Wednesday Football Club at this point in time. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, cheerio, Luke. I think we need to call a halt to this at some stage. And uh, I, I hope we'll be talking again next week. Whether that is that um, Dep John has found his hook and <laughs> used it on Mr. Monk, or whether you've just sort of climbed down from your your uh, 
precarious um, ultimatum. But uh, one way or another, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll meet again. And in the meantime, I hope you have pleasant week weeks, people, and I hope you have a nice one, Luke. And I'll say cheerio. Thanks, Rich. And um, yeah, I hope everyone at home has an, an exceptional week. See you.